Now is your time to fledge. Hello world and welcome to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always that great, but the views are amazing. This podcast is brought to you by Fledgeology, where of course the mantra is always leap, grow, fly. I'm your host B. Jones and I'm here with Carol and DJ Barry B. Fresh. What's happening, fellas? What's going on? What's going on? What's happening? We good, man. We good. We definitely want to uh, thank all the listeners that are tuned in with us today and remind you that you can always follow us on all our social media sites. That'll be at Fledgeology, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and also check out the website. Stay connected with us, Fledgeology.com. We got a lot of information and stuff up there that's going to help you get out of your nest and out of your comfort zone. Fellas, we had a decent week this week, man. We had a lot of events going on. Shout out to Wiz. He's one of the more... uh, he, he, he's more the behind-the-scenes Fledgeology teammates. Uh, he did a performance at UM a couple of days ago. Uh, I heard he rocked it, though. You guys were there. How they look? Killed it. Smashed it. What's had up? The audience going nuts. So, yeah, I definitely want to shout out Wiz, man. You can check his music out at Wiz Music Online. That's on SoundCloud, Twitter, Facebook, and the ground. He got a couple singles out right now. What's Up is really, really killing it right now. Definitely want to make sure everybody goes and looks for that on uh, Insta- on Instagram. He got a little snippet up on YouTube. Check it out. And then Dangerous Girl, that's like the little, you know, mel- melody thing. Him talking about his his ideal female friend. Um, but good music all around. So definitely shout out to Wiz. Check him out at Wiz Music Online. We also had Carol. He, uh... Right, hold on. Hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on before we move off from Wiz, man. So I think the people really need to understand you know, we're talking about true lyricism meeting music and beats. So there's no cookie cutter involved in either part of it. Um, everything is made from scratch, from the lyrics to the beats, and it's not outsourced. It's all done by Wiz. So that's what makes it even more impressive. Every single instrument that you hear, everything is done by him, including his voice. So, um, and he's a self taught musician. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so if you hear a guitar, that's him. If you hear a piano, that's him. If you hear a piccolo, that's him. Um, so, you know, definitely check out Wiz Music Online and check out the first two singles. First one is What's Up, as was said, and then the second one is Dangerous Girl. Yeah, man, he's a really special dude, man, special dude. You don't find too many people that are into the music so much that can just do everything for themselves without having to outsource it. So, yes, definitely shout out Wiz. Uh, Carol, man, you went back to the yard. Uh, of course, all of us are UM alum, but uh, Carol went back down to the yard and uh, spoke to the people of Bond, the brothers overcoming negativity and destruction. Uh, I heard that. I saw that went very well. I, uh, Bond is an organization that Carol started how long ago? 21 years ago, brother. 21 years ago, and they are still doing their thing. Um, really out of need, man, out of necessity. They're doing a lot of good work at UM. Um, it's amazing that, you know, this brother started something as a, at what, what were you, a freshman, a junior uh, in college? When, when did you start? Uh, I, was a soph- I was a sophomore. He was a sophomore in college, started a, a group 21 years ago, not a fraternity or anything like that, just a regular organization, and it's still going strong, you know, today. Uh, how was that experience, yeah. Carol? Well, I tell you what, I haven't been back to campus, and when we say UM, we're not talking about University of Maryland, University of Michigan, University of Mississippi. We're talking about the University of Miami, the U. The, the um, U. Just, U. Just, just to make sure you all understand, we're talking about the Miami Hurricanes. 
if you haven't made that uh, connection. But I hadn't been back to campus in quite some time. I hadn't been back to talk to any group. I get phone calls every year from United Black students to Bond, Iron Arrow, you name it. And um, this was the first time that whoever was in leadership actually followed through and, and, and we made it there. And it was great to return home and be able to connect an organization 21 years later to what we were going through then and to see that we're still going through similar things now and be able to give them some keys to help them not just get through where they are now, but just for the rest of their life, things that they can do. Yeah, man, I think that's amazing. You definitely being that bridge builder for those young fair haired youth that's down there. Fresh, you was there, man. I think I heard, I heard you speak as well. How, how did you like the event? How did you feel? Just like Carol, it, it, it's always good to have the opportunity to see something that you were a part of so long ago, still going strong and, and still have an impact on campus. And it was good to, to talk to some of these younger brothers, see some of the issues they were facing, but also give them that inspiration and, and contact to us in order to, to help them, uh, you know, start fledging on their own. Was it a certain type of like nostalgic effect for y'all? Like, cause I mean, y'all, y'all really created, you know, the group. So to go down there and see it, like, I mean, for me, like if, if it was me, I would be like really taken aback that, you know, these brothers are still down there doing, doing that type of work for the, for the campus because, you know, it's kind of hard not to take those little things for granted. Cause I mean, it was probably nothing for, for y'all to go down there and start this organization, especially at the times 21 years ago. You know, I don't know the UM dynamic then, but even from when I was a student there, uh, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of resources. You really had to pool your resources. So to have, you know, you guys make this this group, like how was that nostalgia factor for you? So one, I would say the nostalgia um, was interesting from the time I got on campus yesterday because it looks totally different. So oh, yeah, all my yeah. Sally all all of my Sally May money, I, I see where it went. Um, trust me, your student loans are going to something. Wow. And forty thousand dollar palm trees, man. Uh, wow. What? And it seems like we just keep finding bigger and bigger palm trees all the time, but that's another story. So <laughs> it, it was nostalgic just from the sense of looking at these young brothers, these young kids and just seeing that, okay, you haven't been directly connected to me, but seeds that I planted 21 years ago and a foundation that I set 21 years ago, they're still trying to work on and we've never actually had conversation. So it was nostalgic from the standpoint of, okay, they're at the mindset of where they realize that there is a need for the organization and that's why it still exists 21 years later. So just seeing them at the point that they're at and knowing that, hey, if I had somebody like myself that would have spoken to me when I was their age, where would I be at now? Mm. We really only had each other to rely on. We didn't have very many people coming back and talking to us and giving us, hey, this is how you avoid this, or these are some things that you know, you'll face while in your time here. And then even once you graduate from this university, these are things that you will find on the outside that are waiting for you. So it was nostalgic from that standpoint, but I, I tell you, man, it felt really good to, to be there and see that the organization is still going strong and that they are trying to find ways, how can we impact uh, not just ourselves, but how can we help the community? How can we get out there and show people that 
an organization like this exists, we exist as black males on a college university, and we want we want to make sure people know that we're here. So that that felt really good. That was really satisfying. It almost kind of closed the loop for me, um, just knowing that, hey, I started this. It's still going, and they're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, man, cool, man. That's definitely great. Uh, if this is your first time listening to us, man, I definitely want to invite you or recommend that you go back and listen to our first show where we outline fledgeology. You know, we define it, what it is, what we're here to do. Um, and then we we break down a lot of little things that, you know, we're going to get into further down the line. But today, uh, as we mentioned last show, we're going to get into breaking down the leap, the grow and the fly. We're going to start with the leap this week. And even that bond, uh, I guess, speaking at the bond meeting, you know, that's a perfect example of those brothers, you know, trying to get out of their comfort zone and leap into whatever they're trying to do to impact the university as well as their surrounding community. Also, this is the first time we've actually been able to record since, you know, our new president elect, you know, made it in. So we definitely want to talk about that a little bit, you know, because now that we have, you know, Donald Trump as the next U.S. president, we get a lot of people who are uncertain or scared about what life is going to bring them. And I feel that it's very important now that you take advantage of this timing because so many things have come, so many great things have come out of people being put in pressure situations. And I definitely feel like that's where we're headed. Hopefully Donald Trump, you know, leads this country to the promised land. But in the case that he doesn't, you know, we got to take advantage of this timing, the pressure that may be put on us. So if you, you know, looking to do certain things or start certain businesses or just reach some goal, this is the perfect time to do it. And this is the perfect time to take advantage of your resources because it may not be the case anymore where there's a lot of handouts given. You know, you're definitely going to have to start creating for your own. And that's not a bad thing. Like I said, so many great things have have come out of people being put in these type of pressure situations. So take advantage of it. Take advantage of it, you know, embrace that, you know, so we can take advantage of this timing. Uh, I'm going to throw it to Fresh first, though, because um, I want to know how, how y'all feel about, you know, this being the time for people to leave. I definitely am in 100% agreement. Everyone seems to be very uh, uh, uncertain of what's going to happen in the future, but I, I think uh, certainly lies with what you can't control. And so being able to go ahead and, and understand that even though he is our president-elect, we have to, we still have to move forward. And you still have to be um, moving with your eyes open and, and, and putting yourself in a position that is still going to allow you to ultimately feed your family, support the people that you need to, and, and still live that good life. Right, exactly, man. You can't just uh, you know, sit on your hands or just be like, oh, slump. I can't uh We're sitting in fear. Right. You can't sit in fear. Like that's that's no way to live and that's not gonna be the life that you want to live ultimately. Carol, how you feel about it? So I have a totally different approach to voting and the president and leaders in general. I don't go to the polls to vote for somebody to lead me because I vote for myself every day to lead myself and where I'm going. I vote 
for the general masses that have not figured out how do I lead myself? What am I doing with myself? Those people need a general leader. So when I go to the poll, I try to figure out, okay, who might be able to connect to the masses and hopefully drive them in a direction until they feel confident in leaping and leading themselves. So my whole thought process is, okay, President-elect Trump is there now. I'm not depending on him to make my livelihood. I'm not depending on him to make my dreams and my aspirations come true. That's up to me every single day. So are there decisions that he might make that could make that more difficult? Sure. But there have been decisions made in this country from the time of its inception that have made things difficult for somebody, but yet we're all still here. So you had things happen like the Great Depression. Yeah. Okay. We, we survived that. You had slavery happen. Yeah. A lot of sacrifices, a lot of people were lost during that time, but we are here. I don't think there's any bigger example of resiliency uh, through uncertainty and hardship than that. You have 2008 where, okay, we faced the biggest economic crisis ever since the Great Depression. Gas was $4. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see it? traffic die down? Nope. Or, or, or were you still stuck in traffic during rush hour? Still stuck. So obviously, still stuck. So we figure out ways to survive and to make things happen. And we need to take that one step further and leap and take it from surviving to thriving. Exactly. So that's why we want to get into the importance of the leap on today's show, especially given the times. So when we talk about the leap, uh, one of the things that I have been I get has been ingrained in me and it's really cliche but it's so so impactful is the saying that if you want something you've never had you have to do something you've never done and I'm gonna just throw at the end of that get out of your comfort zone um it's it's pretty cliche but it's so true man because you know you want to you you can't want to live a certain type of life or you can't want to achieve a certain level of success and continue to do the same thing that you've been doing all of your life. You're just going to be stagnant. You're going to be marginal. It's going to be, you know, pretty average on up. If you don't step out of your comfort zone, if you don't challenge yourself or push yourself to do something that, you know, you've never done, you, you probably will not achieve, you know, that greatness. But when we talk about that, you know, what does that getting out of your comfort zone or to get to that leap look like, you know, how, how do we do that? That's what we want to define now today. Now is your time so jump to, to fledge, 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 you know, fledge, fledge. What does it look like for somebody to, to get out of their comfort zone and take that leap? How does, how does that happen? I think the first step is you have to know where it is you want to go first. You, you can't just leap blindly. If you leap blindly, then the result is going to be pretty blind. So, you have to know what it is you're trying to do first. And to do that, you have to know where you are. And I don't know if people always have the most accurate self-analysis of where am I in my current life versus where I want to be. You can't really determine where you are unless you know where you're trying to get to. So you have to create that benchmark first of, A, where am I right now? What is it that I think that is not in line with who I am or who I want to be? And you have to set that goal. 
that goal, which is basically making sure, okay, what is my mission? What is my purpose? If you don't know your mission and your purpose, or even have an idea or a thought of this is what it might be, then there's nothing for you to leap to. There's, there's, there's no reason why you would leap. You would stay in your comfort zone because as far as you know, any random thing that happens to you during the day, that, that was just supposed to happen. That's, that's what you were supposed to do. Exactly. And I would take it a step further. You know, when we talk about the comfort zone and, and realizing what, what's keeping you in that comfort zone, I think most of the time it, it's that comfort and we associate that comfort with the fear. You know, you're scared to step out because you don't know what's out there. And yeah, maybe that's a little natural, but I would say to that to that person, you know, what harm are you doing if you step out there? You know, what le- look at it from a, an instance of not failing, but what lesson you will learn, and then how much stronger will you be once you step out there? You know, is it is it better to live a life of uncertainty and wondering what if, or is it better to live a life looking at the fact that yeah, I jumped out the box. I had set this goal to reach the stars, but, you know, I didn't get there, but I saw the moon and finding, you know, some sort of satisfaction in that. And then you still want to get to the stars at the end of the day. So what kept me from getting to the stars? But if you can't face that fear, if you can't embrace it, man, we got a we, we got a saying or I, I have a saying that, you know, the fear it, it's just a mind killer, man. It, it's going to disintegrate you from the inside out. If you don't face it and control it, then you won't be able to get out there. So realize what's keeping you in that your comfort zone, man. And the great thing about being here on the 13th floor is that we're committed to that purpose of flagility, of flagology, of exposing you to the potential of your dreams through the presence of that fear to find the fulfillment of an extraordinary life. So embrace the fear, embrace what's coming at you um, in these quote unquote uncertain times, because that's what's going to get you to the next level. That's what's going to get you to, to that level up. Uh, so, and, Ian, go ahead. You, hold on. So you, you talk about the fear, and I don't know if people really understand. A lot of time, you have unconscious fear. It's fear, and you don't even know why you have it. You don't know that it even exists. You just know that there are certain things that you don't venture to do. You don't take the opportunity to take the chance to do it because you don't even know. So until you can actually find out what you're trying to do and figure out what steps are involved in helping you to do that, you won't realize that, okay, well, I I didn't take this chance because my grandfather told me something 15 years ago relating to this, and that's just embedded in me, and I don't even realize that subconsciously I have embraced that as a barrier to what it is that I want to do. So until you can actually sit and actually see that, and I think Fresh gave us an example in uh, episode number one. So if you haven't heard episode number one, you might want to go back there and catch that. But I'll let Fresh jump in now with what he was going to say. Well, I was going to say that fear manifests itself in many different forms. And it it, it can also be something as simple as settling. Being being comfortable and, you know, that job and, and not really taking the time to say, hey, I really enjoy sewing. And even though I'm an accountant and I'm really not enjoying my day to day, I really have a passion for sewing. I'm really gifted at it. I want to go ahead and, and take a chance. Maybe I could start a clothing line. It doesn't have to be something as extreme as quitting your accounting job, but 
taking those steps and settling and being comfortable with, you know what, though, this is this is where I am. I have, you know, I'm making a paycheck and I'm able to, you know, provide, but I'm not happy that settling there is 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 slowly causing your demise. And it's about being able to understand, see and visualize and start to take those steps. It may not always be a, a huge jump, but how do you go ahead and and have the opportunity to find your true self? You're never going to find your true self if you don't search, if you don't go ahead and try different things. If you don't have different experiences, you're not going to go ahead and have the opportunity to um, truly expose yourself to what you really do like. Right. And what I would say to our listeners is you, you, you have three dudes right here. You know, they work regular nine to fives. I think Fresh is more of an entrepreneur. He don't have a regular set schedule, but that's just him being him. But you got three dudes right here that, you know, have those, I guess, those regular jobs, but we're still here taking this leap today. You know, this is probably one of my biggest leaps uh, outside of leaving my comfort zone in Miami to move to Maryland. Um, but this podcast is something that, you know, I leap for or leap every day. So, just because you maybe have a, a job or something else that requires a certain amount of your time for you know specific reasons, it doesn't mean that you can't devote the time to getting to your best self. It doesn't mean that you can't devote the time to developing your gift and utilizing it to the for the betterment of the world. That's what we're doing right here today. You know, I'm stepping out of my comfort zone and leaping just being on this podcast. So it can be done. You just have to set your mind up and, and really want to get out there and do it. When we talk about the nest and the comfort zone, there's a lot of things that tend to keep people in it. We hit on the job situation and, you know, yeah, I got I have to work this job because I have to make a certain amount of money to be able to feed my family and feed my kids, you know. But what else do you feel in, like kind of keeps people in that nest or in their comfort zone. And for those uh, of you that, for those of you that don't know, we kind of covered this in episode one, but I, I feel like we'll always cover this. You would hear us say Ian, you would hear us say fresh, you would hear us say Barry B. Fresh, you would hear us say El President El Freshidente. That's all <laughs> the same person. So just so you know, there's not magically another person in the room that we didn't introduce. That is true. I'm the man of many aliases. I come up with them on a daily. but as far as what what keeps you in that in in your nest in that comfort zone it's it's uh also the haters you know the 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 naysayers who are consistently and constantly when you are uh you know having those brainstorming sessions having those you know uh sitting around just dreaming sessions with your friends and family uh, the ones who are telling you that you're you are a dreamer and that it's impossible to do the things that you're talking about. Those are what keep you in your nest. You can't always um, allow people's thoughts of, of, of your dreams being too far-fetched be what allow you will discourage you from trying to reach them. Exactly. Because a lot of people don't understand and realize that when you listen to the naysayers, you may think it's not impacting you, but it is absolutely penetrating your brain and those thoughts circle around and the more that you listen to it, the more that it combines and it just builds a stronger foundation or a wall 
that's going to keep you from getting where you want to be. So I, I think everybody should create virtual headphones for themselves that they can put on when the naysayers get out there and start talking to you because a lot of what people say are just things that we should never even entertain. We should never even take that in because you may think consciously, man, I'm not paying attention to them, but subconsciously it is absolutely affecting you and keeping you in a certain place more than likely in the nest. So I agree to an extent only because I think it's, it's different strokes for different folks, you know, like, so for me, um, I have a, a different mentality and that's probably due to the fact that I've been an athlete all my life. So I'm like that Kobe guy. So if it's a naysayer out there, like that's all fuel for me. And I don't know if you guys remember Kobe Bryant had a commercial some years back, you know, before he tore up his Achilles and, you know, was on the, the slow decline. But he had a commercial where he was like in a gym and they had all of these newspaper articles talking about how bad he was. And I remember Kobe first got in the league and when he was playing with Eddie Jones and them, he was taking threes like for no reason and airballing them or what have you. And people were just talking, oh, he's so arrogant. He's this, he's that. He can't make it. He'll never be that great. They're talk they're, he'll never be Jordan. And he's in the gym listening to all of that, pumping his iron, working his rope drills, and all of that is fueling his fire for him to turn around and become one of the greatest basketball players that have ever played, to be in the same conversation with Michael Jordan and Will Chamberlain and all of those greats. So for me, I don't necessarily, you know, block out the haters because when it's like that, that, that fuels me. I like for people to tell me, oh, it's something I can't do. You know, nobody told me that, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to get up here and, and speak the way that I'm speaking, but it ain't really, it, it's never been something that I would think that I would do. But when I was running hurdles and people telling me, you know, I got competition and, you know, it's a dude from another team like, oh, you'll never beat me, you know, in, in this 110 hurdle race. Oh, okay. Don't believe me. Just watch. I'm finna get out here and dust you. And, and that's what I do. And if I did lose and they come back talking, you know, this and that, when I get back to practice and I'm in the practice with my coaches and everything, all of that is playing in my head. And even my coaches, they in my head saying, oh, you false started. Oh, you let such and such beat you to the first hurdle. Oh, you lost your form over that sixth hurdle. All of that stuff is in my head and it's constantly playing. And I'm just using that as fuel, light the fire, light the fire. And then so when I get on that, that line, you know, at that district meeting or that district meet or that state meet, and I'm playing all this before that gun go off, and it's like, pow, that's going to get me through to the finish line. So I think it's different strokes for different folks, man. You got to really realize, you know, what's going to motivate you. And 100%. you also got to realize what's around you, you know, because you definitely – negativity only breeds more negativity. I will say that. Um, so if those people are in your inner circle that are the naysayers, then they're probably not the best people to be around. But, but you know what? Go ahead. Go ahead, Fresh. I was going to say that's part of the journey, though, is 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 uh, the self-discovery, is understanding how are you affected um, by, you know, the naysayers or by different situations and, and starting to identify and know how you can uh, set yourself up for success and be able to, you know, discourage the things that you are, are not going to put you on the right path. Some people are motivated by, you know, people telling them that, they can't do this. I, I too am somebody who, when somebody tells me, I there's no way you can do that. I'm I'm the first person trying to make sure. Oh, well, let me 
don't believe it, just watch. Just as uh, Jones said, you know, it, it's not something that uh, is for everybody, though, and it's about figuring out yourself, how am I motivated? What gets me um, excited and what uh, gets me passion, passionate? Yeah, so go ahead, what I was going to say was, yeah. what I was going to say was is that the things that you guys are talking about are part of the grow phase because you have to leap first without potentially the people that you think are your supporters and then you then learn what you can do with their energy through growth, whether that be negative energy, positive energy. Everybody doesn't know how to do energy conversion, but we'll Very save true. that for when we get to the growth phase. But that is a skill. You learn that. So you may not necessarily have that when you first leap, but we definitely want to make sure that you can get to that point. Fair enough. We definitely did jump out the box a little bit, but like you said, we're going to say that for the grow version. Uh, back to the leap, though. Um, I think another thing that people gonna going to have to realize before they leap is the necessity for sacrifice. Carol kind of hit on it a little bit earlier. It kind of surfaced a little bit, but that leading yourself to the leap. What are you going to have to sacrifice to do that? What are you? What's it going to take for you to lead yourself so that you're able to lead those around you? You know, you, you're going to have to give up some things, man. Is it, you know, time? Is it sleep? Is it certain people that are around you? Like, But the, the sacrifices that you're going to have to make in order to get on the ledge to leap, it's very important and very important for you to, to, to realize. Fresh, how do, you, how do you, so what have you had to sacrifice, I should say, when it came to your leap? Oh, all, all of the above. I mean, you sacrifice friendships, you sacrifice um, family, you sacrifice monetary uh, gains, you sacrifice all types of stuff. But it's um, in your sacrifice, you uh, get better focus. And that's really what it's about is how important um, is it are things like sleep. How important is, uh, you know, not having as much money as you would like now, but knowing you would, you will have more money than you really need in the future. Definitely. And so man. I think uh, one of the biggest things for me, you know, is like, you know, you got to sacrifice the time and the sleep or what have you. And, you know, it's it's a it's a necessary evil, you know, like it, if you you work in a job or what have you, you can't, you know, it, it would not be in your uh, best interest to use the company time to, you know, work on whatever it is you got going on outside. And then if you like, you know, us where you have families and everything, you know, my daughter requires a certain amount of time. My son requires a certain amount of time. Heck, my lady requires a certain amount of time. So fitting all of that in there and being able to sacrifice some of your time that you might or my time that I would put towards sleep or binge watching a Netflix show or something to put together, you know, the outline for a podcast or put together a business plan for a side business that I'm trying to create. That's all stuff that you got to see the bigger picture and understand like, yeah, I'm a, I'm going to be a little tired tomorrow. <clears throat> Excuse me. But hey, man, I'm going to grab me a monster so I can, you know, make it through the day and get to what I need to get to because this is, this is what's important. And this is what I really, really want to do. Um, if you really, really want to do something, man, that sacrifice is going to be nothing. Man, I could go back to when I was in college 
And, you know, when it was like, cause I, when I was with the brush, root to the cues, we just celebrated 105 years in the frat, by the way. Um, but when I was in college and, you know, I had to sacrifice a lot of time and sleep when we were doing, you know, different programs, or if I had to go, you know, run some community service event in North Miami or South Miami or West Miami, it don't matter. We were all over the place. And I'm still balancing that with being a student athlete, um, running the organization on other organizations on campus. So when you're doing these things that you want to do, the sacrifices just don't seem like sacrifices. It's almost fun. So when we would go out at night, you know, we stay out till two, three, four o'clock in the morning. But we got to get up at 630 to make it to the A's walk in Miami at the stadium. It's nothing because we know we're out there and we're going to impact somebody that day. And, you know, we'll get back to the crib and probably fall asleep for the rest of the day. But we made sure that we were doing what we needed to do to make our presence felt in the community. So when you when you're looking at these sacrifices um, and looking at it in a sense of what it is that you're trying to do, it, it really might not be that bad, especially when you know that what you're I, putting in time for something that you want to do. Go ahead, Fresh. What I what I always try to relate it to is everybody has, well, I, I don't know if everybody, I'm not going to put everybody in this situation, but if you've ever been on a vacation or taken a trip and, and you know, you had your, your trip money and, and, and what you were going to do, and, and during the trip, instead of, you know, going and eating that meal or going on the excursion or doing whatever, you decided to save a couple extra dollars or, or wait for the next day or this, but at the end of the trip, you didn't get to do everything that you wanted or you didn't, you know, spend all the money you could have. You didn't have the, the full experience that you could have. And you start to have that kind of feeling of it's a wasted trip. It's the same thing with your life. If you're not going ahead and, and in a sense, living it to the max and, and, and having, you know, the uh, or foresight to go ahead and, and, and capitalize on opportunities and really, you know, take those new experiences, you're you're not really living. Living versus exactly. existing. Exactly. Exactly. And we keep talking about sacrifice and the big picture, but that takes us all the way back to how we started. If you know what your end game is, if you know what you are ultimately trying to achieve, those things don't really seem like sacrifices. They're right. all things that are necessary for you to get to what it is you are trying to accomplish. The cool thing about an eagle is that an eagle can see its prey from up to a mile and a half away. What type of tunnel vision and laser focus do you have to have to be able to do that? Oh, hey, man. I won't be able to eat. If I can't go get that food, I can't feed my fledglings that are in the nest. And we're going to die off. <laughs> Exactly. It's so funny that you say that because I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine centered around phlegology. And um, he mentioned that very thing about the eagle and I had no idea. So what he was telling me is that, you know, eagles basically have tunnel vision from a mile away. And when they see their prey, that's it. They don't look back. They don't, they're not looking around. They're looking at that animal or whatever it is that they're going to get. And that's it. So if, if you know, and it's crazy because we use the eagle as our slogan or our, our logo um, and I was just like crazy because it all makes sense. It all kind of ties in together. I don't know. Carol probably knew that, you know, as he was putting together Fledgeology. But for me, it was like an aha moment. And it's like, yes, because when I see something I want, like, that's it for me. Like, I got to go 110% at that thing. And that's exactly what 
here on the 13th floor with Fledgeology, that's what we're trying to get people to understand. Like, get that tunnel vision. Figure out what it is that you want. Be tenacious in attaining that. Get that tunnel vision and go go for it. Go forward. Go for it. Don't look back. Just like that eagle. At some point, people are going to say, what is a slow go? And a slow go might be how you start out. You might have a slow go when you first get out. So, <laughs> Brett used that word. And I know some of you are like, what is that? He was just trying to let you know that when you first leap, it's it might not be rapid. You might not automatically get to that, to that point right go. away. It could be a slow go. That Clean is it up for the dictionary. Easy. We adding all kinds of words to the Urban Dictionary on the 13th floor, baby. Uh, but yeah, man, another thing. So we talked about motivations. We talked about sacrifices. I think another key portion to the leap is that determination. So we kind of hit on that with the eagle. Um, and determination is crazy. So I got a my, my seven-year-old daughter, right? So my seven-year-old daughter has been coming at me probably since the summertime. Uh, because she has friends that ride their bike without training wheels, right? So she's been coming to me since then and, you know, like, oh, I want to learn how to ride my bike without training wheels. So at first it was like, ah, we got to get you some knee pads, elbow pads and stuff so we can go ahead and, you know, make that happen. Obviously, as busy parents, you know, and her being a, you know, glittery gold child. So if it's glittery, I want to go to that thing. You know, it kind of fell by the wayside a little bit. But she came to me one day, I think I picked her up from school early, and she's like, Daddy, can we, you know, can we go outside and, you know, start riding the bike without the training wheels? I'm like, you know what? Let's go do it. So she's hyped. She's ready to go. We, uh, I'm, I'm having her unscrew the training wheels and everything. She's like, yes, I'm going to get my helmet. We go outside. And then as soon as we step outside, she's like, oh, man, I'm nervous. I'm scared. And we hit on that a little bit earlier. You know, how natural is that, that occurrence that as soon as you step out, of what was comfortable, all of these emotions hit you. So they hit her and it's crazy. But after she, she, she mentioned that, you know, like you initially planted the seed that helped her get to that nervousness and fear. Because when she first talked about riding her bike without training wheels, the first thing that you jumped to was, okay, we got to go get you some knee pads and we got to get you some elbow pads. So, automatically you don't know it. You're just trying to be a protective parent, but you're now building up that seed of fear in her mind because she's like, well, wait a minute. Why do we have to go get this extra stuff? What's going to happen? I didn't have knee pads and elbow pads before. Why do I have to get them now? So her mind is now going, what's going to happen? Am I going to fall? Am I going to lose skin? What's going to happen? So that unknown that we've now created just out of being a parent, we always have to be mindful of how that shapes and molds what our children are doing. Right. And I wasn't even I, I wasn't even thinking about that. So when she comes up with the nervousness and everything and, you know, that's just a natural occurrence. The first thing I do is, you know, I talk to her. I gave her some words of encouragement. You know, I'm telling her, like, Nia, you can do this. This is what you've been wanting to do for for a while so don't worry about it like this is your first time riding a bike i'm right here you know i'm gonna catch you if you fall it's no big deal we're gonna get right back up and we're gonna do it again 30 seconds goes by boom she's out there riding a bike and she did a heck of a lot better than i thought she was gonna do because you know my daughter i love her to death but she's a little bit on the clumsy side at seven years old so um but she got out there and she's riding a bike and we're riding on grass because like i said before she don't have any knee pads or elbow pads. So if she falls, I got to minimize the effects because mommy's not having it. Um, 
But she she rides, you know, we go up and down on the grass and I'm telling her, yeah, I know it's harder, but like if you can ride on this grass today, when we get the knee pads and the elbow pads and we take it to the concrete, that's going to be a breeze because, you know, you got to work hard on this grass and it's lumpy and it's heels and stuff. So let's just keep working on this grass. We're going to build your strength up. You're going to make sure you get your coordination and your balance together. So once we hit that concrete, man, you're going to be ready to go. So I say all that to say, one, don't be afraid of that natural occurrence of that fear. Embrace it, like we talked about a little bit earlier in the show. Embrace it. Now, granted, I might have planted that seed as a, as a, a, a concerned parent, but I was able to overcome that. And my daughter was able to overcome it as well because she had the right person there to encourage her. So who is encouraging you to go out and get your dreams? Who is encouraging you to get out of your comfort zone and out of your nest? Look at those people versus who's keeping you stagnant, keeping you in your comfort zone. Those things are, are very important, you know, when we're looking at talking about this leap and you you getting out there. So be mindful of those things. Feed the people or have the people feed you that need to, that that you need to be fed by. Like don't don't worry about the naysayers. Kind of block them out. Use them as motivation if you can, but understand that all of these things are having a direct impact on you living that purpose-driven life or being your best self. Absolutely, and. It- it goes back to when we were talking about the presidential election. You can sit back and unconsciously unconsciously vote for somebody to lead you where you can lead yourself. And in most cases, when you first start out, you are going to have to do that without feeling supported. So your friends might not agree with what you want to do. And for sure, your parents might not agree with what you're going to do because what your leap is may not line up with what their leap was. And because of the time difference, age difference, they don't realize that things are different. At this point, you don't have to start where they started. You're probably a little bit ahead of where they were when they were your age. And your thought process, you've benefited from watching and learning from them. So you're going to have to leap out there by yourself at times. And it's fine. Once you leap, I guarantee you, you will find other people that have leapt and they are out there and you will get support from them because they're going to understand at what point of your life you're in. And they're also going to understand some of the things that you're going through because they're going through it as well. Exactly. Exactly. So when we look at, you know, what we talked about today, I think one of the biggest takeaways that you got to have, what you got to realize first is that you can't fly if you don't leap. There's never going to be you getting, you know, to that promotion or there's never going to be you starting that business or there's never going to be you getting to that purpose driven life or living your being your best self if you don't leap, if you don't take that chance. And then after you take that chance, you got to realize that you're going to have to sacrifice some things. To lead yourself, but it's okay. And go ahead. It it, it it is okay. And what most people need to understand is that you don't have to leap out of the nest initially. You can leap on the edge of the nest, just trying to build up your wings and your confidence. 
That is what a fledgling does before they actually leap out of the nest. And when they do it, the first time that they actually leap out of the nest, they don't fly miles away. Not at all. They fly within sight of the nest so that just in case I wasn't ready, I, I, I can come back and land safely. So don't go out there and just quit your job tomorrow because you heard this podcast. Please don't. And say, oh, <laughs> say, oh I, I, I leaped. And, and look, well, look what happened. Can, can you guys send me some money? Because <laughs> we're probably not, not going to do that. Yeah, we ain't no. got it. We ain't got it. Tell so, straight up. <laughs> once you figure out what it is that you are ultimately here for, what is your, mis- your mission and your purpose, and you start working towards that, you can take baby steps at getting to it. You don't automatically just have to say, you know what? I'm done. I listen to Fledgeology podcasts. I'm out. Don't do that. Practice, 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 practice. practice. Exactly. There's nothing Strengthen wrong. your wings before you just jump out there and, and you're not ready. Because you can't go from totally dependent and have all these things in your nest, excuses, things that society have programmed you with, and all of a sudden you're just free. You're just free from all of that and you're, and you're achieving your best self. In a, in a shorter period of time. Now, don't get me wrong. It can happen. There are some of you out there that are ready for that, but everybody's not built that way. So going back to the benchmarks of you got to figure out exactly where you're at and you got to figure out where you want to go. Where you're at will tell you how soon it is you can leap and go a distance from the nest. So when you get into that leading yourself through the leap, Carol already hit know where you are now, so you know where you want to go identify what's keeping you in your comfort zone. You know, identify those fears, identify those individuals, identify your surroundings that are all contributing to you not taking, you know, those fledgling steps up onto the ledge so that you can leap and possibly fly and then come back to the nest, you know. Identify those things. And then, you know, we'll get into in the grow phase uh, what motivates you. Utilize that to your to your advantage and understanding that energy convergence. So I think we talked about a lot of things today. Um, we tried to sum I tried to sum it up for you just now, so that you have those those key takeaways um, once you leave us today, so that you can start fledging. You can get up on that that ledge and take that little leap. You know, embrace that fear. Fresh, you got anything you want to say to the people before we get before we get out of here? Be ready to take that leap, you know, start uh, prepping yourself, start uh, experiencing new things, start trying to understand really what it is that you enjoy and want to do in life and and be ready. We're, we're, we're looking to, uh, to, to help kick you out the nest. <laughs> <laughs> Carol, you got anything you want to add, man? Yeah, I would just say, and I shared this with, bond last night there are dreams that are in each and every single one of us and 10 years ago it was estimated that there were 106,000 fields of dreams just in this country alone and i don't know how many of you have ever seen a dream growing from the dirt it's a lot of them but the field of dreams are cemeteries there are people that never leapt they never took the leap never figured out what their purpose was, what they were here to do. And there were some that did figure out what they were here to do, 
but never had the confidence to go out there and do it. Don't be another seed in the ground with a dream. You have got to leap and keep listening to us, keep supporting us, go to our social media. We will give you the keys, the tools. We will give you the encouragement that you need to go out there and make your dreams reality and become the best version of yourself. Easy. And there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank y'all for joining us here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. We definitely want to make sure that you know you can check this podcast out on SoundCloud. We're going to have it up on YouTube and definitely Facebook and Instagram. But follow us at the website, www.fledgeology.com. Check us out on the social media so you can stay connected. Know what we have going on in your cities and things like that. So you can come check us out, man. See how you can fledge with us. Now is your time to fledge.
Now is your time to fledge. 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 fledge.